through the weekly Torah portion and glean parenting insights along the way. Personally, I have been on this parenting journey for the past 25 years, in truth, most of my life, and I'm just on a quest to learn all I can about being the best parent I can be to my physical children, my own inner child, as well as my spiritual children, using God as the perfect template. It is my heart that my hindsight from my trials and errors and experiences can become your insight. So I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or multitask while you're making sugar cookies or wrapping presents or whatever, and and join me and let's learn together. Um, By the way, before I forget, I just want to, I'm calling out to you, broadcasting from a blizzard in in Iowa today, and I just want to wish you a happy holidays filled with peace and love and all of the good things. So um, this week we are studying Parsha Miketz, and it is Hanukkah on the Jewish calendar, so it's a happy holiday for us as well. Um, Parsha Miketz starts in Genesis chapter 41, verse 1. And finishes in chapter 44, verse 17. We finished off Vayeshev last week with Joseph in prison still. Um, he, the cupbearer had been given his freedom on Pharaoh's birthday. And God, through Joseph, had correctly interpreted the cupbearer's dream. And yet the cupbearer forgot about him. So two years later, Miketz begins with, Two years later, Pharaoh has two disturbing dreams. And no one in all of Egypt can interpret those dreams. So Pharaoh's cupbearer finally goes, well, I might know a guy. <laughs> uh, and he remembers Joseph finally. So they get Joseph all cleaned up. Aaliyah too, they, he get, comes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him about the dreams. And Joseph tells Pharaoh that not I, but God will see to your welfare. So I want you to listen to the verse in Hebrew because I want you to hear something that's really interesting. So here we go. Um, Vaya'an Yosef. Oh, sorry. And before I begin, I want you to listen carefully and see if you recognize any of the words that I'm going to read. You might know some of them. So Vaya'an Yosef et paro lemor biladai Elohim Ya'ane et shalom paro. Did you recognize any of the words there? I'm assuming you probably know the word shalom. And um, so what Joseph is basically saying, or Yosef is how it's pronounced in Hebrew. He's saying, apart from me, so not through me or with me, apart from me, God will personally busy itself with the shalom of Pharaoh. And shalom is a, is a big word in Hebrew. It doesn't just mean peace. It also can mean like your well-being or your um, health and your, it means like a completeness. So, um, so basically Joseph in an act of extreme humility is saying, no, it's not me. This is totally God. Now, I think it's really beautiful that he gives all of the credit to both the interpretation and the provision to God. A lot of us would be like, yeah, cool. See, recognize me. I'm so special. You should get me out of prison. You know, (laughs) I don't know why. I mean, I personally would totally take the chance to uh, plead for my freedom. So, but he completely um, responds to the situation with utter humility. So um, he has obviously learned a thing or two in prison. Okay, the third Aaliyah, Pharaoh, 
Ironically, because he's so humble and doesn't seek that recognition, Pharaoh appoints Joseph to the second in command of all of Egypt, and he ends up getting married, has two sons, Manasseh, which means God has made me forget, and Eph, but has he? And <laughs> Ephraim, excuse me. Um, in the fourth Aaliyah, the famine comes and Joseph personally oversees the sale of grain. Jacob is also experiencing the famine back home in Canaan and sends the ten brothers to buy the grain. Joseph recognizes them, but they do not recognize him, which is really part of what is causing his bitterness, I think. And he ends up remembering the dreams he once had about them bowing down before him. So he's having a little bit of, uh, which, what would you call it, PTSD maybe here, and Joseph throws them all in prison. <laughs> in the fifth Aaliyah, Joseph releases them all but Simeon, and the Torah really never tells us why he's doing this. Is he testing them? Is he still mad? Is he toying with them? Is he resentful? Um, it just tells the story. It doesn't really get it, give us any insight into Joseph's psychology. Um, most of the brothers return to Jacob, having discovered also that their money was returned to them after Joseph goes out of his way to accuse them of being spies and asking a bunch of questions about them. When they return and tell Jacob what's happened, Jacob throws a big old pity party and basically says, oh, why do these things always happen to me? Um, God has to convince, convince Jacob to trust the brothers and, him, and God by sending them back to Egypt by really giving him no other choice. The famine becomes so bad that Jacob doesn't have really options. He's either going to starve or he's going to let go. <laughs> so anyway, just as an aside, I, I understand when you've lost somebody, you know, that, um, that it can be hard to let go sometimes, especially of the people that we care about. And, um, I, I, I just, as a child of God, I, I, I don't want to be the person that God has to pry everything out of my gripping hands while my knuckles are white with tension. You know, it'd be nice if I, if I could just trust him enough to let go a little easier. So anyway, we see Jacob really getting wrestled to let go in this, in this, um, fifth Aaliyah. And a lot of key moments happen, a lot of key Teshuvah moments happen in the Aaliyah. So we get some insight into the personal narratives of our key players. In the sixth Aaliyah, the brothers are shaking in their boots, returning back to Egypt to the house of Joseph. Uh, actually, they're probably shaking in their sandals. <laughs> as they, But then um, because they're really afraid they're going to be accused of stealing at this point. So then they're ushered into Joseph's house and the, and the steward basically just like chalks the whole thing off to an oversight. And um, they present the gifts that they brought from Jacob to Joseph and everything seems fine for now. And then during the meal in Aaliyah 7, Joseph is reunited with his um, only full brother, Benjamin, and he gets overcome with emotion. They have dinner together, I mean, at separate tables, but together. And uh, Onkelos and the Targum explains that the reason that Egyptians and Hebrews don't eat together is because the meat that Hebrews will eat from our the, the laws of um, their, their kosher laws is like some of the gods in Egypt. And so the Egyptians are offended by watching them eat meat that they can eat. And so anyway... Um, they, so they dine together, but separate. And then Joseph kind of begins this plot to, I don't know what his point is. I, I think he's trying to rescue Benjamin from his evil brothers. Like 
Like he's like over identifying, like maybe Benjamin is getting treated as badly as he was when he lived at home. And so he's trying to get his one full brother to come live with him in Egypt and um, away from those brothers that might hurt him. So that's the end of the tour portion this week. We're left on a dramatic cliffhanger wondering what's going to happen next. Um, we really have no reason to believe that Joseph was still resentful at his brothers when they came to Egypt to buy grain. The Torah, again, doesn't tell us. The Torah tells us specifically, actually, that he has forget, forgotten the pain of his youth. The text says that he was harsh with them and he was testing them, but the Torah doesn't tell us that he was angry or wants revenge. And honestly, he spent 20 years in prison, so he had plenty of time to work through the bitterness and the anger and to let go. And we don't all have the, the luxury, I mean, this is going to sound strange, but we don't all have the luxury of spending 20 years of undivided time working on ourselves like Joseph in prison, you know. Although some days I think I could really use maybe not 20 years, but a couple of days <laughs> to myself. But I just like my freedom too much. I don't want to go to jail to spend time journaling or working on myself. So anyway, my point is, though, that he had a lot of time to reflect and think and pray and let go. And once he became second in command of all of Egypt, he had the power, the resources and the resources to exact his revenge or at least send people to spy on his brothers if he wanted to, but he did not. And so, he, so what we're seeing is that he had the motive, or no, he had the power and the resources, but he didn't have motive, and that's why he didn't do it, you know. Um, instead, we, we see him naming his firstborn son Manessa, which means God has com- made me completely forget the hardship of my hardship in my parental home. So this is great. He's done a lot of forgiveness work, right? My Aunt Jeannie once taught me that some people lay down their resentments the way they set down their heavy luggage. (laughs) So, sure, they're not holding it anymore, but as soon as someone or something brings the issue back to their mind, they pick those bags up and start bludgeoning people with them. So, which isn't really the essence of let go and let God. Um, But we see the opposite of that here in Joseph's life. He finally gets the, the fortune to be able to do something to get his revenge and the bags seem to have disappeared. He seems to have really let go. Um, forgiving and for, uh, but I also, and this is just the beginning of a topic. Um, I want to, what will continue this, this narrative of our own next week um, because forgiving and forgetting isn't really realistic either. Sometimes if we forgive and we don't have good boundaries with people, we end up becoming a doormat And so then we have to forgive again and forgive again and forgive again. And, you know, there's that old wives tale that says, um, forgive you once, you know, shame on you hurt me once, shame on you hurt me three times, shame on me, you know, like, um, like when we have to, I don't know, boundary, having boundaries in relationships is really not entirely based on whether or not we've forgiven someone. I think forgiveness is an internal issue and boundaries are a little more of an out external issue between in the relationship dynamics. So, um, but we do see that the Torah is doing a great job of using Joseph as an example of someone testing the waters with people that he has forgiven to see if they have changed as a way to determine where those boundaries need to be in the relationship. I mean, cause for all we know, he is completely content to let them believe that he's an Egyptian and that he, and he, I mean, he has the option here to not engage in a relationship with them at all, other than them buying grain, 
and him sending them on their way. He doesn't have to have them into his house for dinner. He doesn't have to re-engage in his relationship, but he obviously still misses his father. And he, he wants some sort of reconciliation. And it's very obvious also in this Parsha that God wants reconciliation because, again, he, God allow, like allows this famine to be so bad that he convinces Jacob to let them go back to Egypt, um, even though he's scared. So, all right, that's it. That's, the, that's this week's Parsha. Uh, my parenting touch points, I have two, just two of them this week. I'm going to keep it brief for you because I know you got a lot on your mind. So, first of all, where is God in this story, right? This is the first story in Genesis where we really see God guiding from the side instead of being the main player on the stage of history. So what can we learn from this? I too find that there are seasons in my parenting journey where direct intervention is necessary, but we also have seasons where guiding from the side is more appropriate and actually what our children are asking us to do. Um, so may God grant us the wisdom to know the times and the seasons that we're in. Is it time to be on the, a main player on the stage or is it now time to be a guide on the side? And I, I don't think that the seasons are like um, ex- mutually exclusive of each other either. Some of it has to do with mastery. You know, for example, if, my, if my, one of my sons has mastered the art of tying his shoes, but he's still clumsy with it. I can guide from the side and let him develop his mastery. So there's lots of... Um, moments where guiding from the side is appropriate even though their age they're because it, you know they're nine or five or four or whatever that their age um, you know we're not going to guide on the side on every issue but some things it's really important to empower autonomy as much as possible so and I see God doing that in this part I see God saying I'm guiding but I'm, I'm here um, but you're calling the shots here and um really working from behind the scenes instead of in the center stage. The second point, and this, my last point, um, breaking generational patterns is really nothing short of a miracle. Like we start, so again, Joseph is the product of multiple generations of favoritism at this point. And he is suffering in 20 years in prison, I mean, on account of some jealous brothers and this dynamic of favoritism in their family. So that it, it's a huge, um, it's like the inertia of those generational patterns is hard to offset. So it's a miracle that takes a lot of cooperation and legwork on the part of the person being healed. And we see the power of a personal narrative show up in Jacob's words, Joseph's words, and Judah's words in this Parsha. We personally have complete control over the narrative we sell ourselves. That is our legwork to do. So our story here isn't done. I invite you to tune in with me next week to see how Jacob and Joseph overturn the damage of having favorites in next week's Parsha. So before you go, I want to invite you to head over to my Substack. You're on Substack right now if you're listening to this. Um, and I want you to go to, um, to I, I'll leave the link in the show notes here, but I want you to go and, and drop your opinion in this poll I created about what kind of things you'd like to hear about in 2023. I am fascinated with human design. I think it's an important thing um, to help us clarify our own relationship with ourselves, with God, and with our anyone that we care about and love. And so um, if you are interested in human design at all, I would like you to hop over there and give me your feedback about what kind of things related to human design that you would like to learn more about in 2023. So thanks for tuning in. Happy holidays from our hearts and homes to yours. And until next time, shalom. May the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob bless you with wisdom and peace.